Hello and welcome to the It's Not Personal podcast, a podcast about making work more engaging, more fulfilling, and ultimately more human by taking the ego out of leadership. I am here with Ken Grady, a Fortune 500 CIO and business leader, as well as gentleman farmer and snappy dresser. And I'm here with Seth Rigoletti, my always friend and often collaborator and co-conspirator. Seth is an executive and communications coach who's worked with a number of different organizations and whose superpower is helping people understand the difference between what's being said and what's being heard. Ken. Seth, it is good to see you again, So good to see you. Oh, it's always good to see you. I think um, there's been a lot going on. Uh, yeah. These days, you know, we talked about we we've been talking about the fact that you got a book coming out, mm. uh, Into the Wolf, which is um, I you know, see some you, early drafts. You know, you know what's interesting okay. about uh, when I started writing this book, and I and I thought I thought it like I thought about more mostly about the writing, mm. and there's a saying that. Um, writing is rewriting and I was like yeah 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 like like it's writing <laughs> it's all writing and I what I didn't realize just thinking about the segue to the topic for today yeah how much feedback I was going to have to get oh yeah to get this book better I was thinking of that too that's why I brought it up oh my god <laughs> well you you let me share you let me see a couple early drafts and ask me for feedback, which was terrific, and kind of, you know, did this resonate, and what were the stories, right. and what was missing, and what, what could you add, and um, that process, um, I know, was, t- number one, time-consuming, because and, and comprehensive. It wasn't just me. You asked others as well, I know, for feedback, uh, for edits, but it made made it better. It made it better. It, it um, hopefully, I'll tell you what, it made me a better writer, it made me a better writer for sure. And another thing it did is it made me better at my job. Mm. Like I have learned so much about what I do by having to articulate and get feed. People would give me feedback. I'm, you, know, you know who gave my, my best feedback? Yeah. I was mean, me? The, no, no, no. no. It's like, you, were, you were awesome. <laughs> okay. But like the, the most consistent – because I, I gave it to um, my uh, mother-in-law – and her husband, um, both of whom, you know, I, I was like mostly just like, hey, just look at the grammar. Yeah. And they were, they were. So my uh, uh, father-in-law, he was a, um, he was an IT person, so he was a, a, a CIO himself. Okay. So I was curious about his take, but my mother-in-law asked so many questions, like, I don't understand what's going on here. I don't understand what these terms mean. I don't understand. And I was like, oh my God, that's so helpful. <laughs> like, and it was like, I was super frustrated at the beginning because I was like, I was like, well, these are just, everybody knows what these terms are. And then I was like, oh wait, no, that's not actually Maybe true. They Maybe they don't. And like, and, and it was, it was such a good experience to kind of go, oh yeah, what is this thing I'm talking about? What mm. is this thing I'm trying to ask this person to do? What is actually happening with this character? You know, and that and that is um, it's frustrating as a writer because you don't. And we'll, we'll talk about the ego piece later. But you you, well, you, you want to believe you got it. And what I what I love about that, what I think I'm hearing you describe is you had a certain set of assumptions around what the reader would bring in from a context perspective. Yes, and she took apart those assumptions and made you think differently about what the reader could be, what right. your, your, your audience could be bringing in or not bringing in. And oh my God, how powerful is that? It, it is a powerful thing 
Because you know, most of the people I had read it before were people like yourself, who were business leaders, who were mm. people who a lot of these terms, a lot of these concepts, you know, you probably probably just skipped over them. You probably just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. This, <laughs> you know, okay, he's a VP of whatever, right? Like, <laughs> you know, like uh, let's get onto the story. Like, whereas it was so helpful, and I find this really true in in group meetings, collaborative meetings, when someone in the group doesn't know. The context yeah. doesn't understand the lingo, the jargon. It's so helpful when that person says, "I don't know what that means. What does that mean? I don't understand what we're talking about here. I don't understand." And like, it's super annoying, right? <laughs> but it forces the team to be extremely clear and 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 direct about what is it that we want to do, what is it we're trying to say, what do these things mean? Well, well, this really is, and this is this is the topic for today, uh, for our conversation. The power of feedback, like really good feedback. And I want to talk about different kinds of feedback and different context for feedback. But I think we walk around our lives, we walk around our careers, we walk around our jobs, and we have certain assumptions around what the people we're working with are doing and how they're doing it, what they need to know, how we're coming across, you know, kind of what expectations we're setting. We have assumptions. We, we, well, I, I told you this thing, and we're going to do the thing, and I did the thing that we talked about. And we can't. I mean, look, I think many of us, and certainly I aspire to be self-reflective and be self-aware, but we can't have the perspective on our actions, on our, our impact, on our methods, that we can't have a holistic impact just within if we never get feedback or ask for feedback. And there's feedback in the moment, there's, and we're, like, we talk about different kinds, but like we just, I think we have to start with the acknowledgement that I know it's trite to say, but feedback is a gift. Feedback is an opportunity to learn. Feedback yeah. is like all the things. It's very trite, but it's trite because it's true. <laughs> you know, it's, 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 I, I think, I think what, what makes it sometimes a little, a little trite in the way that you said it is that, is that it's, it, we we called it F for feedback for a reason because yeah, the F be, word, because right. it is it is a thing that you don't you, you know careful what you wish for oh, it's yeah. sort of like you know the um, when you know somebody has something I don't know somebody has like, their life takes a left turn somehow like they they lose a job or something and you're like well this is a this this may be a gift and you may look back on this as a gift yeah. and it's like yeah in the moment it doesn't feel that way right in the moment it feels a little bit like especially. The kind of feedback that I want to talk about, that we want to talk about today, it can feel like you've just been stripped naked. It can yeah. feel like you've been exposed, yeah. right? Yeah, it really can. And sometimes, almost appropriately so, like there have been moments in my career or in my personal life where I've gotten feedback that was, oh, so uncomfortable, yeah. in part because it was probably appropriate. Like, wow, you know, the way you deliver that message didn't land well. You know, you had a lot more emotion or anger or whatever frustration coming out in your voice than you, you know, you intended. I, I'm actually saying that nicely compared to, you know, the way that I've, right. you can you can hear that feedback. Um, in some ways, those are the moments when maybe I've needed to listen the most carefully to that <sighs> feedback. Right. And that hard stuff. You, you know who gives, I mean, for those of you who have kids, the, the kids kids oh yeah they give it just oh it's brutal it's brutal yeah yeah my son always tells me my dad jokes aren't funny that's just really harsh that's just really hurtful that's that's just that's not feedback that's just criticism well let's actually 
pause on that. Yeah. So I know we're joking, but let's talk about different kinds of feedback. Yeah. So I'm glad you I'm glad you brought that up. So we we've talked about this a lot outside yeah, of this. On those, yeah. um, and there's that great book by Douglas Stone and Sheila Heen called Thanks for the Feedback yep. that came out of their work with the Harvard Negotiation Project. And that book I love so much. We, we've talked about it. You've given it to some of your team members. I have, like, yeah, I've used it. That book is so helpful because they took the approach of it's not so much how you give the feedback, it's how you receive the feedback. Mm. And, and they really sort of look at how are we um, – the, the the title is something like thanks for the feedback even when it's bad right yeah. it's like the yeah. general I'm, I'm just paraphrasing but like the, the that it's helpful and there's three types of feed, feedback that they classify appreciation coaching and evaluation right and what's interesting about this and I had a real like I had a real uh, awakening when I read this 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 book because First of all, the idea that there were three types of feedback, never, never, never had mm. I thought about that. Mm. But as soon as I saw appreciation, right. I was like, because they were like, if you're going to ask for feedback, you might want to ex- be explicit about what you're looking for. You might want to be explicit about what you actually want. And he said, you'll know. Yeah. You'll know because if you say you want evaluation or you want coaching and you, get, and you don't get appreciation. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and your right. feelings are hurt, you'll know. Yeah, that's the thing. Because if you're asking for it, and it is a great book, I want to fully endorse it as well. But if you're asking for appreciation and you get evaluation, oh. that doesn't feel very good. No. If you're asking for coaching and you get appreciation, you just get, oh, thanks so much for what you did. Oh, but I, no, yeah. that's that's not helping me. I want to get better. Like I want to, you know, I need coaching in that moment. That's that's also a mismatch. And so I think it is important when both we give. And, and receive feedback to be clear. And you, I mean, you can all, you can obviously do more than one thing. I can both appreciate you and coach you to be better for the, you know, to improve to the next. Yeah, level. it's not but saying you, it's not saying you can't do yeah, all three of those things. But I think you need to. You have to understand what you're looking. You have for. to understand what you're looking for. And and I've, I've worked with people where like every time I ask for feedback, I get evaluation. Like, and I'm like, that's not. I'm getting judgment right now, and I'm actually looking for acknowledgement. Acknowledgement, just right. like you know, and and we we people or um, vice versa. You know, people whatever, dismiss but. are very dismissive of the appreciation thing. I'm sorry, I don't know anybody, I don't know anybody who doesn't appreciate being seen right. or acknowledged for what they've done. Yeah, I know people who tell me that they don't. But they make such a no, point. No, it doesn't matter. They make me. such a point to tell me that they don't. <laughs> that I think, like, I think actually you do care. You care that I know that you don't. Like, there's just this. So, I, so, so when I say it was awakening for me, I didn't realize how much I was looking for validation when I asked people, "Tell me what you think about this." So, mm. the book is a good example. Tell me what you think about this chapter, right? Right. And then I get appropriately edits. <laughs> right? And right. I go, coaching. Yeah. I get coaching. Like, yeah. this could be better if it were this and this. And then I'd, I'd like, feel bad. <laughs> right? I'd feel bad. And, yeah. like, and yeah. I'd think, oh, that's so fascinating, right? I wanted I wanted a pat in the head. Told right. Me, what a good job. You yeah, did. wow. That's great. What you're producing. And I just, I think this is so, so, um, mis- not misunderstood, but underappreciated, I guess is the word. Um, what it is we're asking for and giving when we provide or have the opportunities for feedback. Number one, I also think that feedback is 
is under delivered. Like we just don't provide enough feedback to our teams and others. That's a great point. And, and, and I would, I would specify because Douglas Stone and Sheila Heen talk about this. They, they say intentional feedback is rarely done well. Right. Right. But what they say is you're always getting feedback. (laughs) Like you're never not getting feedback. So like not getting a response from your email is a response. Yeah. Right. Well, and, and I mean, I just challenging things throughout my career, just sharing. Like I've had bosses where I got very little intentional feedback. Yes. And it took me a while to appreciate in that circumstance. I remember one one boss I had years ago. This was more than a decade ago, but um, I actually brought it up to him, and I said, I, 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 "You very rarely tell me like how that meeting go. How is this work right. product? How is this thing?" He said, "Oh." Well, if there's a problem, you'd know. Like, okay, so the absence of feedback is feedback in his mind. Yeah. And and I had to tell him, I said, you know, that's not, I'd like a little more. Like, in this case, I was actually seeking coaching, right? right? I didn't have the words, you know, I hadn't read right. the book yet. But I was actually seeking coaching, and I, and I had to be expressive to him and said, I actually need feedback from you as to what you what would you have done differently what would you have seen differently and uh, he was so i was actually in this case giving him feedback yes you're giving him feedback on the lack of feedback (laughs) so ken what what is what what, i have a funny story about that by the way when from college but what's Mm -hmm. a what's a way that you like to give coaching when someone when you need to give feedback and you want to coach people Hmm. What's a way that you like to do it? Is there... I, I I will say that I've challenged myself to continue to get better about providing real time or near real time feedback, hmm. which I find most effective. I mean, you know, like <laughs> I hate drawing the parallel, but you know, you ever work with a dog, training a dog? Mm-hmm. If you provide the feedback on what they did well or not well. Two days after the incident, the dog won't remember. Well, guess what? People, we're like that too, Yeah. right? It means the most to us when we get it near the time, if you can do that. So if there's a meeting that went well or a meeting maybe didn't go as well or there was a mixed result, actually finding five minutes, ten minutes to sit down and write up, hey, here's here's a thing that went well, here's a thing that could go better. And providing that, I like providing it in writing, and then I like having a conversation about it. So just real time. This made this, I think you were less successful than you could have been in that meeting. Yes. Yes. Sending out the material 48 hours in advance would have helped your audience better understand it or not have not made you spend as much time setting context, for example. I, I think what you do well, at least I have never seen you do it this other way. Like this, this, this I think you do well, like attaching it to something that the person actually did. What I find really maddening is when leaders give feedback on this meeting did not go well. Mm. Like like that that's like wait, yeah, because because this I I like had to pre- you know whoever the person is. I had to present on something. I did my job, but it turned out that the person came in had a hidden agenda. That they were attacking someone, and like, and like, I'm not in control of that. Oh, I, I gotta say, and I learned this at some point in my early days in career. Um, actually, a friend of mine provided this this feedback to me. I said, "The more specific you can make your feedback, yeah. the more useful it is." Oh, it's so true. It's such a gift. It's a, and that really is a gift. Yeah. That if you're going to have to give feedback, 
giving specific examples, really things that you could do is so helpful. Yeah, when, you know, a good example of, hey, when you use this metaphor to explain this difficult concept, it really brought clarity to the audience. Right. right. Great, very specific. Oh, I understand. This was about clarity. This is about how I did this thing. You know, so let's keep looking for more of those examples that we can do. Um, but, you know, feedback that's just, hey, Seth, good job in that meeting. Yeah, uh, that, that, that okay. one drives me crazy. <laughs> and the other one that dri- the other one that when I was teaching this. So every once in a while, if someone would come, an administrator would come and sit in your class and then give feedback you on your teaching and I know exactly how these things go like because it follows this model of it's not really helpful unless it's something that makes you feel bad Mm -hmm. like it has to make you feel bad about what you do and and you know I remember the first my first year teaching the dean of faculty I think he came in and he was a science teacher so he came into my class I'm teaching like English he fell asleep, slept through the whole class, right? So it's like it was like sophomores. <laughs> he slept through the whole class, and then at the end of it, you know, we're wrapping up, and he comes up to me and he says, uh, "You know, it's really interesting. Really enjoyed the." You had thing. a very soothing voice. He said, "He said, <laughs> but he he said, there's one thing I'm not going to put in the notes. There's one thing is that you could use the board more." <laughs> And I was like, <laughs> for what? Dude, you were asleep the whole time. And like I did use the board. Like it was like notes on the board. But like you like and it was just this weird thing about like, I bet he came in with this, I need to say something. What am I gonna say? I'll just say this. And the other thing, the other thing example is I like I said in the beginning, here's something I'm working on. Can you give me feedback on it? So like, let's say it's like, I'm trying to elicit more conversation amongst the students. Mm. And so I want some feedback on, on how I'm doing it. And the feedback at the end was, you could do better with that. Very, very specific. It's like, it's like I said specifically, I'm vulnerable. This is something that I want to get better at. It. Can you coach me? And I got evaluation. Right, right. Which is that mismatch of expectation. It is so frustrating. It's very, it so very frustrating. frustrating. You know, and I think that um, asking for feedback that way is um, is very vulnerable, right? Because we have to be open to it. That's the thing. It's like if I ask you for feedback and I'm and if I'm asking for coaching and I, all I get is appreciation and or kind of generic criticism. Evaluation. evaluation. Good job, bad job. You did a good job. That's bad exactly job, it. Right? So you asked for coaching. You got criticism, evaluation. You right. didn't get. You didn't get the appreciation. But either, even if you got appreciation, like, oh no, you did fine. It's like, no, I actually want to get better at this. I actually want. I'm actually looking to get better at this. I'm looking to get better. You know, could you provide me some feedback in the moment? Um, and I think that that's so powerful for us. And again, I think we under ask for it. And I think we under offer it. You know, feedback is to. How's this work for you? Actually, what our what our listeners might not know is that at the end of almost every episode that we record, we actually sit and ask, how'd that go for you? Yeah, how'd that go? Right. How'd that go for you? How'd you feel about that? Right. Right? There's a chance just to get... It involves people. chairs being thrown. It does. Yeah, there's a lot, a lot of, like, a lot of punches yelling, and yeah. yelling. And, no, it's... <laughs> yeah. Because we want to get better at this. Yeah. And it's and, the only way. And, you know, and there's this... I don't know. There's, there's this thing we're trying to figure out 
always like how do we meet this is what I think about feedback. We are we are flying blind most of the time. Mm. We don't really know how we're impacting other people and we don't know how to communicate how they're impacting us. We don't really know how to get better at things usually like because we're like living in our head and so like you know, I think without direct, clear, trustworthy feedback, without getting real trustworthy, meaning I believe you don't have an agenda in the things that you're saying to me. I believe you're telling me the truth, mm. right? I believe you have my best interests at heart, right? When we do that for each other, there's this like, we just get better. We, we have this potential to get better. Yeah, and I want to talk about Something, I don't know, I think of it as explicit and implicit feedback. Mm, yes. Um, and this is, this is a, particularly for, I think for leaders, can be a challenge or can be something that um, it can be an interesting opportunity. So in your day-to-day, you're a consultant, you're, you work with a lot of organizations, you don't really have a boss. Right. So you have to get feedback. I mean, I know you solicit feedback and you and I do talk about like, how'd that work for you? How was that workshop? How are we doing? You know, did that work well? Did that not? But you also have other implicit signals of feedback, repeat business, uh, referrals, um, other things that kind of come across. As a leader, so for, for, you know, for, I'm in the C-suite, right? I I have a boss. I have a CEO. I have others um, that I work with. But there's not a lot of people above me to give me feedback. Right. And so, well, one, what can I do about that? Well, one thing I do is I actually ask my peers for feedback. I ask my my the people that I work with for feedback, that, I, that work for me for right. feedback. So I get bottom-up feedback. I also look for implicit signals of feedback as well. Of Do I see the sense of engagement I'm trying to create within the organization? And what are the signals I can see that tell me that we're doing the right thing right? right for those kind of measures? Do I see people showing up to uh, different events, meetings, et cetera, with questions and participating? Um, are there voices that aren't being represented or heard? What are those kind of messages to people? But this is a really difficult thing for us to look at. But I think it's an important area, yeah. especially as you rise in leadership, because early in your career, you're going to have a team lead that's going to give you pretty frequent feedback. But as you as you advance in your career, there's going to be fewer, perhaps obvious places to get that kind of feedback. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I mean, th- th- this actually is a good call out just for the the culture of the team that you're leading. So the team you're on. I mean, you're you're not really in control of the C-suite culture uh, that you're in, but you are in control of the the leadership team that you're you're running in in your team in your IT group. And like creating a culture where it's okay again. Mm-hmm. Come back to that psychological safety. It's okay to be able to. It, it it's. We have to be very careful. We can't we can't make anybody lose face. Like we have to make sure people don't lose status in the room. But there is something really beautiful when someone says, "Can I offer you a little feed? Can I offer you some feedback?" Mm. Like you you did you did a, this you know whatever this big project or this presentation you did this thing and it was super successful. Are you open to some feedback? Mm-hmm. Right? Are you open to some feedback on how it, how the rest of us experience this? Mm. And that question, are you open to it? Are you willing? Is such an interesting question in my mind because if I'm asked that question, I get to check in with myself. Yeah. Right? Versus just someone being like, 
yeah, you accomplished that project, but you railroaded, you know, you railroaded the rest of us over. Right. You pushed us all around. Right. Like we're all pissed at you. That I didn't ask for that. Like that's really hard to take, right? So like try to create a space, an invitation to be able to exchange that kind of feedback. Yeah, and often I actually I use the phrase, "Can I share some thoughts?" Right, just because because when I say if you came to me and said, "Are you open?" That was appreciated the presentation. Are you open to some feedback? It feels, oh, wow, i got to brace myself. Kind of share some thoughts. I found, I don't know, is it doesn't create this initial defensiveness as much. Yeah, but like, I mean, be clear. Yes, but that's a bit of a Trojan horse, right? Like, (laughs) like, can I share some thoughts? Like, I'm not going to tell you what I'm just like, I also, I think Britney Spears is an incredible artist. Like, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, this is the challenge with feedback in our industry and culture and kind of what we do is kind of this is because often, Uh, look, hey, we're here, and oh, we've talked about this before, but if I start with the assumption that we're both here in this room for a shared purpose. Right. Right? We both want to win. Like, right. whatever that means. It could be in the classroom. It could be in the business setting. It could be, you know, a customer-vendor relationship. It could be. But we're both here to create a positive outcome. Like, right. that's why we're here. If we weren't – if you wouldn't have accepted my invitation to be here or vice versa otherwise. Right. All right. That's a really good starting point. And if I frame my feedback in that, then it becomes a lot easier to both hear and deliver. Is, yeah, like I did, like, you know, you wanted to get this project done and it must have felt really challenging for you and you had to grab all the resources you could. But here's how I experienced that. And here's what I think maybe next time how we could work together on that. I mean, it's just a lot of ways you could take that and say, look, because we're both know we wanted that outcome. Absolutely. That's why we're here. Right. Right. We want to sell more stuff. We want to build the best product. We want to, you know, have the best relationship, whatever it is. Um, but that's that's an important, important assumption. And I think that it's really easy to get defensive in feedback without without remember if, unless you remember that I assume you're offering it to me. I mean, you're taking time and energy to actually express you know, here's here's my coaching, or here's my appreciation, or here's my evaluation, or whatever. One of those three, right? And that's I just I have to ground myself in that. It's so it's such a good. There's so many things happening about what you're saying. Like I think about that. Um, that first of all, the clarity of like what am I actually offering you? The second of all, the idea that the assumption that like we're all trying to get better, we're all want to accomplish the same goal. Like all that stuff is super helpful. I think that there's this other thing which is. I used to fall in this trap all the time. I would I would just assume that everybody wanted the kind of coaching that I wanted. Mm. <laughs> so oh, yeah. I was going around offering I was offering all kinds of feedback <laughs> to to peers, to like, you know, to to administrators, to, you know, bot, like random strangers on the street. Like I was just I mean, before I got a hold of this thing, before I really un- got this business that I yeah. got like and understood how to focus it. I was like this, like spray gun of like whatever. Like, <laughs> feedback. Let, me, let me give you some feedback. Shotgun of yeah. feedback. And and it was really Ken. It really came from this deep desire to get it. Like I want. I oh. I really appreciate it when someone tells me the truth. I don't love what the truth says about me sometimes, but I really appreciate it because it just. It makes again when I come back to that flying blind thing. Like a lot of times, we just don't know how we are in the world. Yeah. And when someone says to me, like, you know, you are, I know, like this, this, I'll kind of 
paraphrase this. Like someone said to me one time, like, I know that you're trying to help, but you're not listening. Mm. And what I need is you to listen. And I was like, oh, wow. Like here I was telling myself a story of how helpful I was. And actually, if you asked me what a good listener I was, because I was responding to what you were saying. Oh, yeah. Right? But really what they were saying is like you could just shut up a little bit and like stop touching the (laughs) things that like we're talking about and just listen to what I'm saying. Oh, my God. I love this, Seth, because I do think, and this is, I I love that this has evolved to how is our feedback received? Oh, right. Right? (laughs) Or welcomed. And how do we ask for that kind of, oh, oh, so, oh my God, the best. So I'll, I'll tell you two of the, the most interesting pieces of feedback I've ever received in my career. One was um, early days. I was uh, not long in Europe. I had moved to Europe to build a team for a global pharma company, Swiss pharma company. And I was built IT team, but I was, I was really young in my career, you know, fairly new manager. And I was very ambitious and very eager to get this right. Right. right? So I'm assembling a team from, from different countries, Switzerland, Germany, Italy, UK. Like it was just a really exciting opportunity for me. And we were headquartered back in the U.S. And I wanted to demonstrate the value of this investment. I mean, the company had trusted me moved me, my family, like I recognized how big a deal this was. And um, so I was writing up, I talked to a bunch of different companies about how do you do this? And so I was writing up sort of a, a report, right. like three, six months in, something like that. And I shared it with some of my team to say, what do you think about this? Like, this is kind of how I'm reporting out the work that we're doing and we're providing value. And I'll never forget it. One of the German leads on my team, he responded to me and he said, in German, we would not have used so many words. <laughs> and, and I'll just never forget. It was the nicest way for him to say, like, wow, man, you can talk a lot. Yeah. Like, it's just simple and short and clear. It's, it was just really funny. So that was, that was one. Much, much later, fast forward much, much later in my career. And um, – uh, I was getting a kind of a executive assessment, you know, these, like we, we spent a lot of energy and money and, you know, with a third party consultant and they were assessing my leadership skills and my executive, you know, presence and all these things. And, and uh, I'll never forget. And uh, it was peer assessment. So I got a lot of peer evaluations, both my boss and my CEO yeah. and the other thing. And there was feedback in there that said, it's hard to argue with the outcomes, but sometimes the rest of us don't understand Ken's hiring decisions. Hmm. I was like, wow. Wow. <laughs> it's okay. That's some hard feedback to hear. Like I'm I how do what do I do with that? And yeah. I I had to sit down and actually think about and both of, the first one was just funny and it really did help me with my writing and clarity. But the second one, that later feedback was like, wow, I'm not always good at explaining my thinking. In both of those cases, mm. I'm not always good. This is just the lesson that I keep having to learn is sometimes I walk in with assumptions that, well, no, you understand what I'm doing, right? You understand how I'm going to structure this team. We're going to like, right? and no, in both, I, that's a constant lesson for me and feedback that I've received over the years. Yeah, that's a great I'm example. Always aware. That's a great example of feedback that's not. Mm, I don't want to say this. I, I would not consider that feedback intentional. I would consider that feedback uh, 
almost like a Freudian slip, like almost it, like they're they're actually revealing something about their thinking in that feedback that's not really about your hiring decisions. It's about how they experience your hiring decisions. Well, in, in both cases, I think it was, and I took it you know, to the next, the, the next level of abstraction, it's how they're experiencing just my decisions. Not just hiring, but my communication. But, but we have, in order for the audience to understand that, like you have to just so okay, I'll just say this. So you, you people need to understand that like Ken Ken breaks the mold when he hires people, when he thinks about solutions, and and that what you do, Ken, is that you you don't you don't go the oh everyone's expecting this kind of a person for this kind of a role, so I'll find that person so everybody feels okay with that. You actually like you're like oh I'm gonna yeah. hire this other person. Some of your best hires, yeah, have been non-traditional. Have we'll been say. non-traditional. We'll say, but but what I what I that feedback has continued to tell me is that I think that that makes sense. There's absolutely, absolutely, ab- absolutely. And remember, it was couched in that particular case. It was couched with it's hard to argue with the outcomes, but we don't understand it up front. And I'm like, well, no, everybody understands what I'm doing. Oh no! Yeah, that so, feedback is one that again that is so interesting to me. I'm just trying to like peel it back because like this is this is helpful for people to understand that that is an example of feedback that you get that you're going to take and you're going to have to simmer with and exactly. and because like, if you go back to them and like what do you mean they're going to say like we mean exactly what we said <laughs> exactly. right like yes. but they don't actually know. That what the, they don't actually understand what they mean in the context of what you were trying to do. Well, and it, you know, I had to figure out how to make that, and this is this is important because we're all going to experience this. I had to figure out how to make that feedback useful. Yes, exactly. That, that's my whole point. That's my whole point is that that's what uh, Douglas Stone and Sheila Heen talk about in their book is like. Look, you're going to get this feedback sometimes. Sometimes it's going to be clumsy, awkward. Sometimes it's, right. not, it's not going to be very helpful. Sometimes it'll be funny, like the German thing. Yeah, right. <laughs> but like, but 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 you you have an obligation. Like there is oil there. There is there is there is value in that. You have to like extract yes. it, right? Yeah, that was that's my point. And and I use the example of kind of you know my communication, my decision making, my whatever. Uh, you could have different examples, but when you get feedback. It might not always feel useful at first glance. Wow. Yeah. It might. As a matter of fact, your one's tendency is to disregard it. Yes. If you feel if the feel if the feedback feels critical, it is much easier to want to disregard it. And sometimes you just have to simmer with it, like you said, and actually think about well, what can I extract from this? Right. What can I extract from this feedback? And I think as leaders, and as peers and colleagues, to flip the other side of the coin, we provide the most useful feedback when we provide intentional, deliberate, and clear feedback. And so it's, yeah, you know, how do we how do we not be the person providing, you know, kind of unclear, clunky feedback? How do we think about that? How do we experience it? And how do we provide it? It's tough. It's tough. Yeah. Right. Which is why I think it's it's so useful when you ground it in uh, obviously the specific examples we talked about as close to the time as we talked about. Because one of the things I do want to talk about is how often are you know you don't get any feedback ah. until the end of the year. Well, that's yeah, and then that it's process like, is yeah that process is <laughs> you get brutal. once a year you get feedback. 
Okay, you're gonna fly right. and provide feedback. I, and... I had an experience when I was teaching where where I got um, I went through this there was this this process this review when you're a young teacher and in there was lots of observations, lots of write-ups. You had to do your own write-ups. It was a whole year and a half of like just under a microscope, and I pretty much like knew what this review, this like um, whatever you call it, this this uh, peer review thing was going to look like. I, I I had talked to everybody. I mm. I had seen every like there were no surprises along the way. Every all the negative stuff or whatever you consider negative stuff, it was all stuff that I knew I was working on. It was nothing yeah. surprising. I got in to the to the meeting with the with the final like you know this is it this is the write up and the my boss was going through sort of his write up which I had already kind of known what he was going to say but in it he goes yesterday I was talking to a student and I asked him what he thought and like he said this and like it was like this off-the-cuff criticism of me that all of a sudden ended up in the write-up as like a character defect. And I was like, wait a minute, what have I been doing the last year and a half? Like, what about, all, like, some kid says something about me in the hallway and that becomes my feedback? And I, I was so upset. Mm. But the kid was right. Oh. I didn't love the way it was presented to me. I didn't yeah. love the formality of it. I didn't love the fact that it was sort of like handed to me like it was something – like it was handed to me as a criticism, not as like an opportunity for me to grow. Mm. But I, I stepped back. And the, and the criticism, just so we know – I was young teacher. I was formerly an actor. I was like super out front. I performed a lot of like like just skits and I was always like just and, – and people loved it because I was like way out there. But this kid was like, yeah, that's Seth. He likes to be on stage. Like he's, you know, it's it's all about him. And and he was right. Like when my twenties, like I needed to pull it back. I needed to make more space for the kids. Like that was a big part of my growth, right? But just because it wasn't delivered the way that I wanted it to, or that I felt like it should have been, didn't mean that it wasn't valuable. But it made it harder to hear. Oh my God! It made it so much harder to hear. I had a resentment about this. For years, and maybe like, still a little bit, and like maybe still like a little bit, but like the point was, it just felt like a, um, it felt like a sneak attack. Yeah. Right. And and when you're giving feedback, especially feedback that's critical, right? It's about like how you're being. You want to make sure that you give lots of signals that this yeah. is coming. Yeah, I think that's, you know, and I think you uh, have to think about the the audience, how they're going to listen to it, especially if you're, you're delivering tough feedback. I mean, partly this is what we're talking about. Like, good feedback is a lot easier to deliver, right? Let's just face it. It's easier. Uh, appreciative feedback, a lot easier to deliver. <laughs> yeah, everybody loves to give. Everybody, everybody loves to give feedback that's like, we love you. Yeah, right? That's, that's not easy. hard. That's not hard. Tough feedback. I think the thoughtfulness the intentionality, the framing, um, the signals, to your point, of not surprising people. Because if you do, it's just, oh, it's going to create a headwind for you. And look, we've all been leaders that have had to deliver tough feedback. Yes. And it's necessary. Sometimes we have to fire people. Sometimes we have to, you know, move people or whatever. These are tough situations, but they're real situations. But creating a headwind to somebody even hearing it, 
hearing what the feedback is and offering the opportunity for improvement, which is, you know, it's assumed that's what we're trying for. You can create such a challenge in the way, I mean, the way that he provided that feedback to you, you immediately made you defensive. And probably anything else he said. Only because, only because it was this long process where it was like, I, you were supposed to walk in there kind of knowing the story. Right. And it was, and that was like the surprise. Yeah. And I think that, um, it's so interesting, right? Because I said earlier, like I wanted that, I wanted that kind of feedback. I wanted it. I just didn't want it as like something that was like a snake under the pillow. Like I wanted it in a way that was like, here's the here's the thing that I'm gonna to talk to you about that I want you working on over the next couple of years. Like, well, here's a challenge I wanna to offer to our listeners because I think that's, that's interesting. And, and, and you and I both talk about wanting and asking for feedback, right? Right From different, I go through a whole 360 and peer. What I think is, um, is surprisingly, I had, I had one person, this was again years ago, a uh, team manager, different company, right? And I, my expectation is always there's a process that we go through. We do a self-assessment, we do peer feedback, which includes your direct reports, your peers, and, and you know, your manager. And then we do um, kind of the, you know, one-over-one review. And so I set this out, just my expectation, got a process and template and all that kind of thing. And she said, no, I just want your feedback. And I said, that's not the process we're gonna follow. And it was really interesting. She's like, yeah, no, I don't, my peers, no, don't need, my, my direct reports don't need their feedback. I just want your, your yeah. evaluation. Right. And I, I think that's not as uncommon as I think it is, yeah. is or should be. Right. Is this is the challenge I give to certainly leaders on my team is we should always be looking for those other inputs to give us the most well-rounded view yeah. of how we present and impact the people around us. Because none of us work in isolation, the, right? the, not in this world. The most powerful question that I ask teams to ask each other or leaders to ask each, ask their teams is, tell me a little bit about how I make your job harder. Mm. You know, there's an assumption there that that I know is true, which is you make their job harder, <laughs> right? Like that is by sometimes, in, oftentimes intentionally, Right, like I am doing this intentionally. Right, you made me fill out that form. Well, I did. I, I, I intentionally created I intentionally that form, created that resistance because right? I needed, to... you know, whatever. Right. Uh, now I always flip the question. I always actually my question that I ask at the end of every one-on-one I have with my team is, how can I make your job easier? Well, that's the other part of that question. <laughs> that's the other part of that question. But there's something very vulnerable, there right? Is. So if a team is struggling, if a team is struggling, or a particular person is struggling, I don't mean like they're on a pip. I mean they're they're like. They, you're not. Something's not happening there. They're not getting what you want from them. It's always interesting to me to start off with, like, tell me a little bit about your experience trying to accomplish this goal. Tell me a little bit. These are the things I've asked you to do. These are the ways that I've, you've explicitly said are difficult for you. Tell me a little bit about how I'm making that difficult for you. Mm. Now that's a big risk. They have to like be willing to tell you. You know the truth, yeah. right? Which and you have to be willing to hear it, yes, right? That's what I was those two say. things are like those two things are big, and don't ask if you're not willing to hear it, right? That's where I was going to say is when you ask for feedback, if it's not a sincere ask, oh, yeah, they're gonna know, and they're not going to offer it more than once, at least, um, because why put yourself out there, right? If you're not going to do that, and if you offer feedback, 
and it's not sincere. Yeah. They're going to know. Yeah. Um, so I think this is really, I, I just, I love this topic. I love this conversation because in our, it's not personal world where we talk about feedback, it can feel very personal. Um, oh my God. Can I, can I, can I tell that story of in college? Yeah. Can I tell that story? So, yeah. oh, so I'm a senior in college and I, I convince the poetry professor, young guy, he's like, you know, I, I was taught, I was showing him some poetry I've been, I've been working on. I convinced him to let me into the advanced poetry class. So I'm taking two classes from him, I'm taking like, like an analysis of poetry and also a poetry writing class, second semester, senior year. And he's like, he's re- like, we're, we're getting along. We're talking about jazz. We're talking about everything. Like, it's just like, we're having a great time. And he's like, come, I'm doing a poetry reading tonight. Come to my poetry reading. And I was like, I've read your poetry. I would love to come to your poetry reading. <laughs> and I was like in this, in this, I mean, just, it's going to really reflect poorly, poorly on me here. <laughs> I was like in this mindset of like, everybody wants to hear the truth. Everybody wants to hear real feedback. <laughs> and I went to his poetry reading and I hated his poetry. <laughs> and at the end of it, like, he's like, what'd you think? And I was like, nah, I didn't like it very much. <laughs> I was like, and he was like, what do you mean? I was like, "Ah, it's like, I read your other stuff. It's really good. Like, this is kind of boring. And like his face, I, I suffered. I took two classes with him. I suffered. That guy hated me for an entire semester. And like, I was like, and I was thinking about this joke, this like story about like, yeah, you gotta like think like if you're like me and you just have this impulse to like blurt out something that you think would be super helpful, ask yourself, what is the dynamic here? Yeah. Like, what is the relationship here? I'm going to say something. Don't give direct critical feedback to someone, even if they asked for it, if you don't have a relationship with them. Mm. If you don't have a relationship where you understand, is this person's ego strong enough? Is my relationship strong enough? Do I count? Do I rely on this person? You know, like that power dynamic, not good, right? Yeah, you can set yourself up. I mean, you know, just using our examples from before, if you had said to him differently, you know, I've read much of your poetry and I found tonight's to be different in these ways. It really appealed to me that you had written this other poetry and I have no idea. Iambic pentameter. Like I, I don't, I don't, let's just say our college experiences were very different. <laughs> uh, but what, you know, I, it, there was a way that you could have gently said something that would not have been um, as critical in the moment. And with that dynamic that you had, I, I, was I, he really asking for evaluation? I'm, I'm going I'm to say, say one thing, like just maybe like a little more vulnerable here. Yeah. That was all about my ego. Mm. Like I, I think I was a little high on myself. I was a little bit like, you know, I was super judgy. What do I know about poetry? I'm taking a poetry class. He's a PhD poetry mm. professor who's published a bunch of poems. Like, yeah, I didn't like him, but you know what? It's not my job to give yeah. him feedback on his poetry because he's got to do that for me. Oh, well, I think in that case, oh, such a good example. We could unpack this for days. <laughs> but his invitation to come see him, suddenly you were on the same le- perceived level. Exactly. And you weren't really on the same level. I wasn't level, on the same level. Right. And so this is an important dynamic for us to understand. It's yes. kind of where is the other human in this relationship? Yes. Right. In context with me. That's and right. And how do I provide feedback appropriately? What is my situation? What is my ego telling me? What, you know, what is actually necessary and what is needed in this moment? 
And I, I'm not saying I should have been like, oh my God, that was amazing. Like that wasn't necessary either. No. Like no. I might say like, I'd love to hear more about what you were thinking well, about this. Well, what you've done in that, which you acknowledge and I appreciate, is that um, your ego, your ego. My ego. Was actually part of how you produced that feedback for him. Totally. Totally. And we talk a lot about taking our own egos out of the picture and saying, "Where, where's this other person right now? Right. And kind of thinking about it without our own ego and intentionality and kind of all agenda. Uh, how vulnerable he was in that moment, reading his poetry, asking this. To, like, we forget that these are leaders, these mentors, these people in our lives. You forget how that they're human, too. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Bringing the humanity into it. Seth, it's awesome. I love this conversation. I love feedback. Um I appreciate the <laughs> conversation as always. Give you some appreciative feedback. No, I always appreciate these. And we I think we, we do. We, we Unpacking this and understanding where our egos get in the way of helping one another. Yeah. And providing feedback for ourselves. Oh, we didn't even talk too much about self-feedback, self-assessments, and how our egos can actually cloud our own judgment. Oh, so all the time, right? And Bo- both well. ways. Both ways. Positive both ways. and negative. Both ways. As always, enjoy the conversation. I know we talked, we started the conversation today talking about your book, Outcoming Into the Wolf, and you can find more about that on SethRigoletti.com and on our website, it's notpersonal.net, where you can find all of the episodes for right. both last season and this season, and as well as provide comments and feedback and, and things. We do have another episode we're going to wrap the season up with around ambition. Ugh, ambition. Which, out of all of our subversive topics, Maybe, you know, the fact that ambition is not a dirty word could be one of the most subversive yeah, that's you know, right. from a leadership perspective. That's right. Ha- our own and helping others achieve their ambitions. Ah, so good. Yeah. So good. So I look forward to it. I look forward to as always, to our next conversation. Um, Seth, thank you so much. Ken, thank you. Talk to you soon. Talk to you soon.